Back to life and back to reality for the Giants. After crushing the Panthers, the Giants came back down to earth, losing 20-17 to to the Chiefs in Kansas City. We break down a tough loss. The team now falling to 2-6 and six, and looking ahead to their MetLife Stadium matchup with the Raiders. No guests this week, but we read your tweets on the state of the Giants. So join us on a 2-6 uh, and six edition of Blue Rush from the New York Post. Welcome back to Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Give us that five-star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. No guest later in the show, but we will read through your tweets, your angry ones, your frustrated ones. Maybe there's a few happy ones in there, but I highly doubt it as we react to a tough Giants loss. Your host of the Blue Rush podcast, our two-time Super Bowl champion kicker, who was in the building on Monday night. That would be Lawrence Tynes and his co-host, Giants beat writer, also in the building on Monday night, Paul Schwartz guys 2017 loss the Giants are two and six Lawrence you got the chance to be there and and hear the deafening sounds of Kansas City but boy that is a tough one to swallow in a game that they really could have won the Giants should have absolutely won the football game last night it was just silly mistakes at the end of the game and bad teams find ways to lose football games having said that the place was electric last night I was glad to bring my family there so they could see it as teenage boys that have never been to a really you know big game. Not that that was a big game, but Monday Night Football in Arrowhead Stadium, middle of the season, November, cold weather. It was an absolutely amazing atmosphere. And I thought, for the most part, the Giants hung in there, hung in there, hung in there, battled some more injuries. We'll talk about them. But again, bad football teams find ways to lose games. They don't know how to win. In the NFL, this team does not know how to win. This coaching staff does not know how to win. Lawrence, yes, we were both there. A lot of sea of red. This is NFL football. It's outside. It's on grass. Nothing piped in. Great Midwestern fans. But it's the same old, same old with this team. You know, if you looked at this and you just took this completely out of context and said, Giants are going to battle. Kansas City is going to kick a late field goal. 20 to 17, Giants are going to lose on Monday night against the Chiefs. I don't know what you would have said, but I would have said that's very interesting. I want to see where they are in in the season, what their record is. But that is a good indicator that this team has made great progress, right? But then you look at it and you have to look at the team and where they are and how they're playing. I think the Giants did a great service to the rest of the AFC by telling them that Chiefs team is not a Super Bowl contender right now. They're just not. And any quality team would have beaten them on Monday Night Football in their home building, and the Giants couldn't do it. So, yes, they hung in. Yes, they were close, but they weren't playing the Super Bowl Chiefs. They were playing the now 4-4 four and four Chiefs who are struggling. And I, my biggest fear going into this game was not that the Giants could not stop the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, is that the Giants could not take full advantage of that lousy Chiefs defense. And I was right. 17 points against a defense that gives up 29 points. Just not good enough. That's the most disappointing part of the game was was you're playing the number, the 31st ranked defense. And you basically, you almost like gave them too much respect. It, it was like, you know, they, they throw the deep ball to John Ross, who makes a hell of a catch. And you just never saw it again. And I thought for the most part, the offensive line gave Daniel some time. But 
you know, their game was horizontal. It wasn't vertical. And it was these two and three yard passes, which Joe kind of mentioned was kind of their, they played how they wanted to play. And Booker gave a hell of an effort. You know, it was like they just played too conservative. They just, that defense was ready to have their throats stepped on. Attack, right? If you could attack them. And look, if they had Galladay and they had a healthy Tony, not a, Hobble Tony, and they had Saquon. Saquon takes some of those balls that Booker gets 7, 8, 41 on a screen, and he takes them to the house. But this, this we can't even talk like that. I know. Those guys aren't there, so it's irrelevant. Well, then you, know? you lose you lose Pettis. You lose, you know, Shepard again. And then Tony was in and out of the lineup, so not healthy at all. You know, I'm, I feel bad for, for Daniel Jones again, but my God, you, you have to – I think of what Mike White did for the Jets this weekend. You have to find a way to win a game. But the play calling was not what you would think you would play against a 31st-ranked defense. It just felt like we were playing the damn Baltimore Ravens of 2000. Yeah, they clearly wanted to shorten the game on offense by ball control, by by keeping the ball, by keeping the chains moving. You know, Joe Judge said it last week. He said, you can kind of try to play four corners against them or you can go – and attack them. They clearly, for the most part, did not go and attack them. And Judge said, we are go- we p- relied on our defense in that game. We coached that game about our defense. Now, the defense, at some points, it was maddening how much cushion they gave them. But look, Tyree Kill, 12 catches on 18 targets, but only 94 yards. One touchdown, yes. So they kept him not in a box, but they kept him in front of him. At some point, I don't know where you were sitting, Lawrence, but Logan Ryan might have been in your lap. I mean, that's how deep he was playing. You know, he they was were deep, they deep. were giving him that every single down, and then obviously that the checkdown back was open most of the night. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. This is another story. He does not look like the guy that we've seen for the doesn't last look three right, years. Right? Just doesn't I look mean, right. Yeah, I don't know if it's injury. He's skittish as hell in the pocket. I watched him closely. He's not the same guy. Like something's going on there. The offense looks the same. Kelsey looks like he's giving a half-hearted effort. I mean, they just don't look into it on offense. So that was a time and an opportunity for this team to go get a decent win on the road in a tough environment. And again, they keep coming up short. The, the coaching staff has to take a lot of the blame here. I mean, I know they were down players. We can't keep using that excuse. They're, they're, they're down to their sixth, seventh, and eighth wideouts. I don't know. But they played good enough on offense. They protected well enough. The coaching staff has to come up with a better plan. That that's just a plan you go you use going up against a top five defense. It's just not good enough. I mean, Joe Judge is going to have to take some tough questions this week. Well, huh, speaking of Joe Judge, after the game, I was and my colleagues were very surprised. He had something to say. Look, what did you notice about the first half? Right, they burned timeouts. They had no timeouts for their last possession. Why are you burning timeouts? It's seemingly kind of a miscommunication. Well, seems like there was virtually no communication. This is what Joe Judge said after the game. Let's listen, then we can talk about it. At every single stadium this year, home and away, I've had issues personally. Is that yours, Look, I, I don't know. Look, I, I don't want to make this all about headsets. We have things. I'd say this. Whoever's in charge of it, whoever the guys – who, look, Jordan, I don't know the exact answer. I don't know if that comes more through the league or us exactly, but they better fix it fast. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Look, I'll get you all the details and stuff later on who does all that stuff. You know, we get the communication back. We say, hey, listen, these things have been an issue. And then we get told they've adjusted this. They've done this. They've done this. Whatever it is, like like I said, we've tried to adjust and use different hardware. It hasn't been allowed, so we'll keep on moving on. Again, look, I don't want to make this about the stupid headsets. That's not what this is about. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't the factor in the game. we got to do other things on our own to make sure we have success. 
I, first of all, I think that the, the, the headset coalition in this country is going to take arms about this stupid headsets. Boy, headsets have feelings too, don't they? I mean, listen, he knows exactly who handles the headsets because I know exactly who handles them. It's the same guy that's been there for a long time. Now, he, they may have changed him this year, but I know who it is. I'm not going to say his name. And he said it's me personally. Did you get that piece? Yeah. He said it was. So does that mean everyone else's are fine? It's just maybe yours are not working properly? Man, I think this is the first kind of chink in the armor we've seen with Joe. And, and I it not didn't go over real well because you guys saw blood in the water and the follow-up questions. It was a frenzy. I, I know. I know. And then he kind of saw what you guys were trying to build up. And so he kind of parked it with the, uh, I'm going to make this about the stupid headsets. I think like us, he's probably running out of stuff to talk about. I mean, we can't keep talking about how bad this team is and things they can't do right. And I just don't know how he gets up there every week and, and is able to keep that same demeanor. But I mean, he, he, but he does uh, it. Joe is, is famous now for a year and a half of right there, not right there, saying right there. anything after after games. You know, he's, he doesn't criticize players. He doesn't take deep dives into certain plays. He wants to wait to see them. He takes a very monotone kind of, you know, let, let's keep the boat floating kind of thing. But, you know, my question is, if he's saying these headsets, it's a league problem. First of all, I didn't think I'd was expecting to hear the coach of the Giants after the game talk about software. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, he's talking about the software. We have new software. The league gives it to us. It doesn't work every week. We may have to go to hand signals. Well, if it doesn't work every week, why aren't they use, Why aren't they going bang with the hand signals? Bang. Okay, this crap's not working again. Bang. Screw it. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. Let's just Get- go Mac, Big Ten, Big 12, big signs like badgers and tigers and hold-up signs. Let's just go right to those to hell with the headsets. We're going to go – yeah, I mean, I, I think that Joe Judge is telling the truth. They're having headset issues, but you can't burn timeouts because of them if it's happening all season. And as you said, the better point is that keep that one in your pocket, right? If, you know you know what? You're fuming and you're, you're saying, people are asking me about these damn timeouts. And, you know, you just say, look, there's a headset malfunction, but look, we got we to gotta move on. We got to do better. We got to coach better. We got to play better because right now it looks like he's making a, a dumb excuse for another lousy loss. And, it, you know, I don't think it's a big deal, but look, when you lose every game like this, when you lose and lose and lose, everything you say is going to be nitpicked, whether it's fair or not. I mean, I don't think this is headset gate, but it's, he opened up a can of words he didn't need to open up. Well, Paul, you know, it's eight and 16 through 24 games. At some point, we keep talking about how much we do like him, the football guy, but man, these losses are are stacking up. I mean, I I like Joe Judge and I'm a huge fan of his, but ultimately, if you can't start winning close games and everything's on the table moving forward the rest of the year. You know, I know we're getting off topic here, but I, I just keep thinking if you, if you go 3 and 14, 4 and 13 this season, I mean, you just cannot keep this staff. You can't and this might be a little bit of an overreaction, but the injuries, my God. I mean, you want to talk a little – I mean, this is unprecedented. It really you know, is. You know, you know, you look at – I mean, Sterling Shepard, we all love. He's a good player. He's not a great player. He's not a Pro Bowl player. He's a good, solid, complimentary receiver who's savvy and tough. But he cannot stay on the field. I mean, period. That is it. And I'm not damning him to hell. I'm not saying his body isn't breaking down. I'm not saying he wasn't hurt. He cannot stay on the field. It's a problem. You know, Kadarius Tony, we all love, rookie, exciting. We know he has a good arm. He showed he had a really good arm on that, what, 16-yard pass? I mean, it was 19-yard pass, whatever it was. You know, he's been hobbled. You know what I mean? And he clearly wasn't right. He wasn't right. They, they have him back returning punts, but he was barely in the offense in the first half. I, I just want to go back to one thing. 
I know the answer to this. I will ask you the question anyway. Why do coaches defer when they win the toss at the end of the first half and the beginning of the second half? Right. So you obviously would like to kick a field goal, score a touchdown, and then you almost get like a double possession and then come out of halftime, receive the ball, take control of the game, and move forward. Right. That's what good teams do, right? They kind of they close out the half in style. They start the second half in style. And all of a sudden, you could have like a 10-point swing maybe. Now, this team is so bad at this. You know, they, Logan Ryan wins the toss. Great. Will deferring. You know, oh, my God, they're giving a the ball to Patrick Mahomes, right? Fine. Okay. Didn't burn him there. Then Daniel Jones throws his first pass to the linebacker, and it hands him points. But, okay, so at the end of the first half, they have no timeouts with a minute and a half to go because of headset gate, right? And and they just – there's a, a, a false stop by Will Hernandez. There's a hold on Solder. They do nothing with a drive with 136 that competent teams take down a field and score a field goal or a touchdown. Now you've done what you wanted. You have the ball at the end of the first half. Now, oh, great, you're getting the ball at the second half. They had a, a four and out to start the second half. So all this strategy that you've done, rightly so, is just washed away by nothing. No points, a lack of a, a, a negative momentum. I mean, it is, it's is. They struggle mightily at the end of halves on both sides of the ball. They give up a lot of scores. They can't move the ball and score. You know, in the fourth quarter, they were gifted i shouldn't say gifted but that five-yard holding penalty that they call it on slayton to give them a fresh set of downs after the really bad penalty by penny and listen anyone who says that's not a penalty bs it was a hundred percent a penalty he barked in his face the flex was cool get out of the guy's damn face get out of his face you can't do that you know they're calling it right now you cannot do that Flex on him whatever you did you got away with that and then you barked at him i saw him bob his head right in his face calls it, it takes away momentum, you're 20 yards away from a field goal, and then the three plays after that were embarrassing, and that's where they lost the game. There's critical drives in games. That drive right there, when they did nothing, I said, oh, God. It was just, it was so damn conservative, and I get it. The game plan they had in place was out the window when Shepard went out. Tony was not really available. Pettis, who had a really nice game last week, or maybe, like, when you're out down to Colin Johnson, and Slayton on the outside, I don't know, Evan Ingram and Rudolph, you know, tried to patch things up on the slot. I get it that Jason Garrett's hands are tied behind his back with what they're calling, and they're not really running the offense that they installed during the week. He's just making stuff up as he goes. But, you know, make plays. I mean, that's why these guys get paid all this money. Now, the game is tied, right? And they get the critical play to win the game. This was so similar to the game in Washington, it's uncanny, right? They had a great interception in Washington by James Bradbury, right? Who had a rough game back then in week two, a great interception. The game is there to be won, right? Field goal is missed, Dexter Lawrence offsides. I mean, inconceivable, right? Well, that will never happen again. And then they get the interception. Darnay Holmes, who is not exactly lighting things up here, right? You know, in and out. You know, they, they have Aaron Robinson playing in the slot, just activated in his NFL debut as playing in the slot in the first half because they don't trust Darnay Holmes. He makes a great play. Patrick Mahomes is ready to, you know, wear the goat horns. He's thrown his second interception. The Giants have the ball already in your buddy Graham Gano's field goal range easily. They are going to win this game offside on O'Shane Zimenez, who I think is a really good guy. I talked to him last week at length, but he just does very little. He has no sacks. It's just it's just a play you can't make. You can't, can't make, make that play. He came out, all credit to him after the game, and said, you're taught as a 
professional player. You cannot jump offside. He said, I thought I saw some movement, but he jumped offside. It was offside. They called it no interception. The problem is back in week two, you can say, look, it's a young team. They're learning. This is midseason, and it's the same. I don't see any sign that Joe Judge is coaching these mistakes out of this team. If it's not this guy, it's this guy. If it's not that guy, it's another guy. It's exactly right. And that is the biggest play of the game, ultimately. They had some critical drives. But that play right there, I mean, Darnay Holmes' pick was an incredible pick. It, and some people will say that, that Patrick Mahomes saw the flag, so he just took a chance. No, he didn't. No. He was, wa- he was walking off the field, PO'd because he threw a pick. That was a hell of a play by Holmes. And, but you know what? Me and my family and my sons were watching it. I knew when he threw the pick, it's like, well, the flag's down. I mean, it just took all the air out of that defense. You know, I mean, that was an unbelievable play in a critical situation, and we can't even stay on sides. It's Joe Judge has a lot of questions to answer this week in terms of discipline because we could go back through every game and pick out five things that are mental errors that teams shouldn't make, not at this juncture and not at this far into your program, you know, 24 games. If that's what you're instilling in this team is discipline, I sure as hell don't see it. I'm not saying they're wild and out of control, but this is not a very disciplined football team. And it may start with the positional coaches. I just don't see a disciplined football team. They're young. Young t- players make mistakes, but I agree with you. You know, uh, Tay Crowder has two penalties called on him. It's just uh, unsportsmanlike penalties. I, I think the, yeah, the face-, face mask was garbage. The that face was mask a was not call. a good call, right? They didn't see it. He, he but it was third but- and one after that. So anyone hanging their hat on that play, it didn't matter. Like the, they were going to keep, you know what I'm saying? That wasn't like it would have made it third and nine. That next play was third and one because Kelsey, for some reason, we gave him nine yards to get open and run five. Well, more. look, look, I mean, they, they were they were petrified of, of, of Hill and they were petrified of Kelsey. The defense now, gave a great, I thought and, it was a great game. Bradbury said he'd never been assigned to a tight end in his career. And he was, wow. on, he was on Kelsey a lot. And Kelsey, if you just turned on that game and were in a bubble, you would not say that is a generational Hall of Fame tight end. I mean, he is, but he did not play that way in this game. That's credit to Bradbury. Yeah, four for 27 yards. And, you know, they said they were trying to get the Chiefs to run the ball. Every time they handed the ball off, the Giants felt it was a win. No, they, they, they gave up, what, 107 rushing yards. They will live with that. You know, they were taking small defeats to get a larger victory. They gave up 20 points. You have to score 21 points against a team giving up almost 30 points, and then you win the game. Now, I want to add, this is your specialty, not punting, but anything where the ball hits the foot is your specialty. So we will go from there. Joe Judge, first of all, what did you think the game's tied? You're giving the ball back to the Chiefs. you got to pin them back as far as you can, right? you got to try to force overtime here. What do you think of Riley Dixon's final punt? He missed it a little bit. There's no doubt about it. He did not hit his best punt there. I I don't mind how it ended up. I mean, yeah, it came off the side of his foot, but he, it was, what was it, 40 yards, 39? 34 yards out of 34 bounds. yards. Okay. Yeah. Harrison Bucker's field goal range is anything cross midfield. So I don't know that that made a huge difference in the game, but it was not his best punt. I, I don't look at it as that was a big, big play in the game, but he needs to do better there. I thought overall he had a good game. I mean, he 43 yards, 43 net. I mean, that's a that's a solid game. Joe Judge said that they, he, he went to Dixon before the game and said, this is going to be an ugly game for you. you ha- it's an ugly, you're going to ugly it up. We can't just keep on punting it to Hardman because, you know, he's so fast. So Well, he went Fiegel style a lot, Paul. He, 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 was, he was angling. Yes, yes, he was yes. hitting, and you don't typically see punters do this anymore, where he was absolutely, you know, shooting to the right like Fiegel's coffin corner. 
most guys just hit the Aussie punt anymore and try and, you know, down it inside the 10. He was kicking well in pregame. I watched him. I'm but sure yeah, you did. I, I'm sure I, you did. Uh, <laughs> yes, I did. I was yes. taking great notes on both those guys. But the ball was flying in there. The last punt, I think Riley would like to have it back. Yes. No so, so, I'm, I'm, look, so, so he punted 34 yards. On the play, Cam Brown gets called for illegal touching for hitting the ball once he was out of bounds. That's five yards. So that net is 29 yards on, on, on the game-winning field goal drive. I mean, it's it's not right, little things, right? I'm not saying Riley Dixon cost him the game. Cam Brown cost him the game. But you needed another 15 or two. That's when he needs to hit his best punt, not his worst punt, in a, in a game that they said was going to be kind of an ugly punting game. Hell, you'd even m- take a touchback there, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they started at the 29, so it put touchback, yeah. you know, knocks you back further. It's just, look, was there any doubt that Mahomes needing a field no. goal was going to find a field goal? No. No, no. God, no. You, you know, I just, the way he's playing, you figure maybe there's going to be a deflection. You know, maybe there's going to be something because, you know, he's got 10 interceptions this year, should have had 11, if not for the, you know, O'Shane Zimenez thing. So, you know, I mean, so first of all, I mean, what, what did you see in the Chiefs? I mean, I know, you you know, you, you're you a Chief guy. I mean, is is the Chiefs, I think, are almost like a national team. Everyone you know, they're, they're a fantasy football team. Are they good doing anything this year? The Chiefs need to cut Patrick Mahomes' fiance and brother. And I think Patrick Mahomes will start playing better. Because I, I don't understand how he deals with that. As a, as a former player, and if that was my family, like, I have no idea how he hasn't sent them off to, like, some island off in the middle of the sea. That There's no way that they're what they're doing is not distracting him. No way. I see a distracted player. I mean, he almost looks disinterested. So did Kelsey. Like, I've just never seen guys. It looks like they're just going through the – something is going on in that building. I don't know if it's personal relationships. I don't know if it's with Andy Reid. Something – they're playing with no energy on that side of the ball. I'm telling you. Something's going to come out here in the next month. I, I don't know. I can't – obviously, no one knows what it is. It's, there's something off in that organization. They want to be a highlight film. You know what I mean? And and when teams – you know, teams are doing this now. This is what they're doing. They're playing zone. They're kind of bracketing everything. They're saying run the ball. And they don't want to do that. I wonder if so, it's some of that they're also – they don't want to hand the ball off and win the game 23-17. You know, they want to – and first of all, the defense is not good. So the offense feels pressure to score. And they don't want to do this. You know, they don't want to squeeze out. They want to be big shots. And, and you know, you know, Tyree Kill played a fine game. But he wants to do more than just have a 15-yard, you know, gain here and there. So it's interesting that they're going to have to have, like, almost like a mental reset. I mean, uh, it'd be a lot easier to do in a Chiefs podcast than it would be a Giants podcast the last few years. I'll tell you that much. At least they win games. And at least, uh, you know, there's there's a little bit of uh, – uh, there's certainly hope there. They're four and four. Boy, Giants two and six. Uh, you know, you know, two and six to me is always, you know, my antenna goes up that it's midseason. But there is no midseason in a 17-game season, is there? No. Yeah, and people tweeting us, you know, how, how uh, you guys have a, have a tough task ahead doing the show. Should we go to a resident TikTok insider, Sarah McCrory, for uh, – Jackson Mahomes insight because he's been dancing all over the Sean Taylor number. He's dancing on the sidelines. And Lawrence, that's a good point. Um, the distractions around him, especially when you're a $500 million quarterback, oh. they grow larger and larger. Is Jackson hated on TikTok, Sarah? Oh, my God. It's borderline mean. Like, it's – but he he does it to himself. But, yeah, it's bad. It's just embarrassing. In what way? I mean, what what is? What is oh, what is... just the comments are just so mean. It's like because it'll be him 
It'll be Jackson and the fiance dancing like 12 year olds. And like then besties. They're Patrick besties. is just sitting there like eating with his head down or something like they get him in the frame. And so all the comments are just like, someone save Patrick. This man's in jail. Oh, his mom like, is involved too, though. His mom is yeah, like this. Yeah, I think so his, Everyone's his trying to get famous too. off like, of I Patrick. I actually feel bad for Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to lie. Like, But you need to handle that. And you can yeah, handle yeah, that pretty easily. Very Cut him off. Cut them all off. Hey, his his father was a major league pitcher, so he that yeah. family know it's not like this is a wide eyed family who's come out of yeah, nowhere. Yeah, but you, you know, know, in this day and age, it's all about shine, right? Look at me, how many likes? I mean, this that's the world we live in. So everyone's bought in. You know, they're getting famous off his coattails. There's something. His dad's doing a podcast now, Pat Mahomes Senior, because Figgy was on his podcast. So he, you know, I, I didn't think he would need one with all the money that he's getting from his son, but uh, now he's doing one. Well, guys, we have a quick turnaround here. It's a one show week. We'll get to your tweets in a little bit because Giants fans are pissed off uh, that Joe Judge audio, by the way, courtesy of CBS Sports HQ. Giants Raiders, the Raiders are coming to MetLife Stadium. The Giants are two and six. The Raiders coming in in first place, 5-2, and two, shocking the world this year in that tough division. They are in first place. The Raiders haven't won versus the Giants in New Jersey since 2001. Obviously, don't play there a ton, but when they have, they've lost. Lawrence, we'll start with you. How do you think this game's going to go? They're going to lose. They stink. Thank you, Lawrence. We'll talk to you They're next gonna week. They're going to lose. Rich Passaccia <laughs> has this team playing spirited football since the whole Gruden email mess. Derek Carr is playing very good football. They're a very good team. They get after the quarterback. All the things the Giants struggle with. So Giants lose. You want me to pick a score too? Yeah, pick a score. Twenty-eight. Well, we assume Saquon will be back. We'll I, see. I'm I mean, he's, he's the, taking his sweet old time uh, coming back for the sprained ankle. God bless you, Saquon Barkley. Twenty-eight. 17. Well, you know what? It, 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 it's, it's, you know, they lose a game and then we always think, okay, well, this is the week, right? And then, you know, on, on Wednesday, we asked Joe Judge, well, what about the injured guys? And he said, well, um, they're going to be uh, working on the side with the trainers today. You know, today's more of a, a maintenance day for the team, as you know. And then he goes on and on about the schedule. And these coaches love talking about their brilliant schedules, right? Well, today will be a lighter day. We'll take them off their feet. Well, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And then they say, but tomorrow we'll have a better idea. And then tomorrow comes on Thursday. Day and you say, what about those guys? And they said, well, we may have them in some uh, in some stretch, but you know they're making progress. So it, it, it yeah, it's mind numbing that to cover. It's I'm sure as a fan, it's mind numbing. You know, I get texts from friends: Is Galladay playing this week? Saquon's playing this week, right? Uh, Tony's good this week, right? Um, and a lot of them are fans. A lot of them have fantasy football implications and. It's like, no, I don't think he's going to play. No, nah, I don't think he's going to play. Uh, should you activate him? Well, I don't know. I don't think he's 100%. So until that happens, will it will probably never happen. I mean, I'll go on record as saying that those guys are never all going to be on the field together. I can't take the Giants. You know, I mean, I, I took them to lose. Um, uh, you know, they they played. They were closer in, in the Kansas City game than I thought they would be. Uh, you know, and, and you know what? Here's the thing. This could be the first game, I think, the Raiders have kind of a national following, right? How many Raider fans? Oh, yeah. how, how many black and silver jerseys you can see in that building i don't know what the weather forecast is going to be like yet but this is the game where i think fans realize we're heading towards home we're getting towards thanksgiving our team stinks there'll be booze after the first three and out there'll be a lot of raider fans in the building there'll be a lot of empty seats in the building it is now ugly season it is holiday season in the world it is hey paul do you have a ugly pick season no i don't have a pick i'm not picking this game yeah no the giants I mean, are going to lose i, I don't i'm not going to give you a score i'll give you a score later in the week we oh no we can text each other. Then whatever the spread is, I'll probably pick the Darren Giants, Waller for two fifty. He's gonna go you for two fifty. Find it in Sunday's New York God. Post prediction. I'm gonna shock you all and take the Giants because I've seen the Raiders come to the East Coast. 
against the Jets in the past and how bad they've played and underperformed. Coming off a bye, I think they're going to come Jeez. in sleeping. I know it's crazy, but I do think Saquon will be back. I think they'll get a few guys back that are going to help. Listen, they kept it within three against the Chiefs. I think the Raiders are good, but I don't think they're this all-world, one of the best teams in the league. Mm. I think they're going to have a letdown. I know it's crazy, but 23-20, Giants. Sarah, I have a feeling you're not taking the Giants. No, I'm going to let you wear the clown makeup All next right, week. <laughs> no, hell no. Hell no. Are you kidding? I didn't even pick them last week. So, no. I'm not. I'm kind of with Paul. I'm not even picking this because this is just embarrassing. The yeah. next few weeks, it's just like Waller rugs. Oof. Everyone's just giving up. I'm, I'm, I told you guys, I'm at the point where I'm not even mad or upset anymore. I just, I borderline don't care. I'm gonna watch, but I didn't even want to watch last night. I'm just, it's just okay. It's done. All right, Andrew <laughs> Hartz. All right, I assume you're taking Oakland as well. Oakland, Oakland, Vegas. Sorry, Vegas, Vegas. Yes, Daryl LaMonica is going to throw two touchdown passes for the Oakland Raiders. (laughs) George Blanda. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't see any, any shot again. Unfortunately for the Giants, I mean, they, they did do a good job of stopping Travis Kelsey, so that does give me hope that at least they'll maybe put some sort of game plan together to stop Darren Waller, who has proven to be a complete train. But yeah, I, it's, it's, it's going to be twenty-eight. One against the Giants. Maybe I'll get some sort of bounce back from the offense. But besides that, I'm not seeing anything good. The weather reports, it looks like it's going to be fall has hit us quick. It's a high of 51. What happened to the 60 degree days here in New York? They're going away, but it doesn't say as of now rain, a little bit of a cloud. So weather shouldn't play too much of a factor on Sunday. All right. We want to hear your tweets. It's trade deadline day today, Tuesday, November 2nd on the Blue Rush podcast. And we'll go to your tweets from Lawrence Tynes next. All right, we're back here on Blue Rush, and a couple interesting stats before we read the tweets. The win-loss record through first 24 games as a head coach, McAdoo was 12-12, and 12, Shermer was 7-17, and 17, Joe Judge 8-16, and 16, and it's the fifth year in a row the Giants have started 2-6 and six mm. or worse. So it has been ugly, and it's going to get ugly in the replies to at LT4Kicks as we get your questions. Cody says, give me any hope that Mara won't claim injuries and bad luck as excuses and bring everyone back again next year. Not really a question, but a point. I mean, it seems pretty clear that Gettleman's going to be gone, but now Judges is the one that we're questioning. You, you know, everyone wanted his head last night. Well, he hasn't lost the team yet. And I, I don't think he will. I think there's too much respect inside the building for him from the players and ownership. I do, I mean, have been a, being a former player, these injuries are a real problem. When all that money is sitting on the sidelines, Saquon, Galladay, Shepard at times, Tony hasn't played, Andrew Thomas, Gates, man, it would be hard for me to give a fair evaluation of this team because they're struggling offensively and that's where all the injuries are. So I think for the most part, everyone's coming back. I, I don't even know, to be honest with you at this point, I mean, Gettleman may step down on his own, but I I can't see them. I mean, has he made the wrong choices in reality? Has he? Because we just don't know. This Giants team is the team that beat New Orleans, but we've only seen them one time. As someone, as a decision maker, man, that that would be tough on me to say, let's fire everyone. But I get it. It's a win-loss business. Well, look, I mean, it's also a, a dollars and cents business. And, and Joe Judge has a five-year contract. And so- yeah. If you would get rid of him after two years, you have to pay him for three years. Now, he would get a job as a special teams coordinator in five minutes. Instant. So there's an offset there with money. But it, it just, look, this is the road the Giants have said, and John Mara has said, we have to be more patient with the head coaches. He was saying McAdoo, less than two seasons. Shermer, two seasons. That's 
what how losers operate. You know, that's that's the that's the franchises you make fun of. Oh, who's the coach today? They're firing them. But having said that, if they win three or four games, you know, we've talked about before. I think there will be front office. There will be a front office, you know, shift certainly, and the the guys running it will not be running it anymore. But you know, and and it's just it's we're on a treadmill here with this. So you're going to bring in a new general manager. The new general manager says, I don't know Joe Judge. What's my leeway here? I'm not a big fan of Daniel Jones. You know, it all snowballs into each other. So we're not even halfway through this thing. And it's already, we're talking like this, not unfairly. It's tiresome. And it's 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 just You know, Paul, what I difficult. worry about is I yeah. look at this. I mean, obviously, there's way too many damn coaches. I'm sorry. that This this team has too many coaches. Whenever I, I bring that back. up to Joe Judge, he, 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 said, he always he not. gets on me. He says, we have the same staff as everybody no. except for one person. I think I did the the, the math. I remember I talked about it on one show. I think it was like twenty nine to to eighteen was my last team, my last Super Bowl team. We had the eighteen or nineteen coaches. They have like twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight. I mean, Coach Flats. I visited with him. Great to see Coach Flats last night. He's I mean, not even he, listed. He's a he's consultant. not even listed he's not exactly. Even listed. And then, but then I go back, and then I think you'll see some assistant coaches' heads roll. More so than any kind of maybe none of the coordinator. I mean, maybe Garrett, but like this Dooley guy, right? Like he was a head coach. He got a buyout from Tennessee. Kitchens got a buyout from Cleveland Browns. I mean, where's the motivation of young, hungry, energetic new coaches? These guys are all padded bank accounts. I and and don't think that's not real. It's the same thing with players. Players get paid and they kind of shut it down. We've all seen it. These coaches, a lot of them are multi multi millionaires on the staff. And I think let's bring in some new youth, exuberant guys who want to prove themselves because no one on this staff has anything to prove other than Patrick Graham, who said, you well, maybe I'm going to be a head coach. Well, guess what? You're not going to be one this year. That's in- That was a very interesting point, which I never considered. I mean, Jason Garrett's a multi-bazillionaire, right? I mean, he's been a head coach. He's he head incentive? coach for ten years in, in in with the Cowboys with with an owner who who, who can't you you can't. They give have away the wealthiest coaching staff in the NFL. I'll tell you that may not be the best, but they're all rich. The next one is on Garrett Paul Rudd. He said this might be inappropriate, but do you see Garrett's body language during the game? He's smiling and grinning after a red zone play that seems doomed to fail, and suddenly looks mad and serious when we hit a good play he said alternate how do we not have a hurry up installed two years now their hurry up's terrible they spend no time on the two minute there's just no way everyone's two minute is somewhat decent to good ours is flat terrible i don't know there's no rhythm to it and i just don't know if it's reps and i think if you think about who daniel was out there with in the two minute situation towards the end of the game i don't think those guys get a lot of reps in practice that's the only thing i can but him smiling don't read too much into body language i mean the clapper is the clapper He's not trying to, you know, malfunction the team here. You know, he that's that's what he looks like. Yeah, that's what he look. When Eli Manning was was not playing well, he looked like a doofus on the sideline. Everyone said, right, the Eli face. And when he was playing well, everyone said, look at that guy. He's so stoic. You don't even know anything. Just, it was, was the like, same yeah. face. It was the same face. He looked <laughs> like the same guy. Jamie McCarty and other news. Lawrence, what's your favorite donut? You know, I thought about this question. I saw it last night, and McCarty's a funny guy, by the way. Good follow. He's a good, should... good dude. Yeah. yeah, great dude. Man, that's a great question. I'm just a plain glazed donut guy. Me too. I don't like to get all the crap on my fingers, but I just like the glaze. Just give me a basic glaze. I, can I just give a, a get Paul's, a, Paul's Less... a Bavarian cream no, guy. No, no. We're on the donuts. We're two and six. Can I just... <laughs> Give a lesson here to anyone listening and to my pod, our podcast crew here. I will tell you what the best donut is, and then we can Ooh. move on to the next question. Okay, oh, I'm ready for this, Paul. Entenmann's 
chocolate frosted donut. Is that, I, that, I know what he's talking about. Those are great. Donut. But we're talking about a flavor. Like you go to Dunkin' Donuts, Paul, what do you order? Yeah, I'm not too crazed about, you know, I, I don't, I go, um, not too crazy. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big no. I'm not a big Dunkin' Donuts guy. They they don't. So Entenmann's will be sponsoring our next show. That's Fine. Of, my, yeah, oh my god! Go. I yeah. gained 100 pounds if Entenmann's to sponsor our show. I would say Dunkin' Donuts. I will go rather plain. Yeah, I'll go rather plain. Yeah. Right, so the, the, the chocolate, the chocolate Dunkin' Donuts is great. The chocolate, just the it is a good chocolate yeah. donut. Yeah. The blueberry. Yeah. A plain glaze. Never had a bad donut things. to be honest. The next one, Nikki Snacks wants to say hi to Sarah. So uh, Nikki, there's your hi to Sarah. Sarah, do you have any response to Nikki Snacks, or are you good? Um. Hi. <laughs> we have to vet. We have to vet. Fun. We have to vet Nikki Snacks before he says hello to. Yeah. Sarah. <laughs> there's the audiogram. Uh, Sarah's response to uh, Nikki. Listen, Snacks. shoot your shot. <laughs> Yeah, shoot him, he, shoot. I give him credit. He did it publicly in Nick, the mention, hey, in the reply. No shame. A lot of respect for Nikki. Yeah, good job, Nikki. I believe he showed up to the live show, too. All yes. right. The, or maybe he didn't. Or maybe he didn't reveal Restraining something. order. <laughs> <laughs> I retract speak. my high. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Well, we got a lot of angry people in here. Let's see. Uh, rightfully they, so, though. You know, let's, before you yeah. ask it, rightfully so. We got a lot of we got a lot of angry I, people on this podcast. Yeah, I woke. I went to. I couldn't sleep last night. You know, my, I was hyped up from being in that stadium. The energy was so good, and then you just when does it stop? It, it has to. You got to win a game, man. And listen, they're going to be after Daniel too. Because how does Mike White? You know, I, I don't know who Mike White was throwing to for the Jets last weekend. Do you? I mean, he had a couple of good players, but four, cu- I mean, yeah, but he's Mike White. Yeah, he against had Crowder, a really he good Davis, defense yeah. too. Yeah. He, the thing I love most to hell with 400 yards, he willed them to victory. He dug down deep and he found a way to rally his football team, whoever the hell was out there, and win a football game that they had to have. And I just, God, I don't see any of that. This is this is really bad when we're Jets. The, the Jets is an example of a of a. Um, but a, Simeon, a, 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 it was, a spunky it was, a spunky team that you know finds a way to win. I mean, good lord. They have that's going to create their own issue over there. But I, I mean, having said that, I am inspired by seeing guys that are not supposed to be good come do stuff. I love stuff like that. Trevor Simeon, my God, he's been on the bench for four years. Yeah. And the Giants need that. Yeah, they just backup like receivers yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we have a couple more. The finger can be pointed. Judge for consistently wasting timeouts, losing game of penalties. Uh, Benji says, Lawrence, can a head coach be held responsible for having a team that is decimated by injuries? Five wide receivers hurt. A hundred alignment hurt. We know it is the GM's job not to bring in injury prone players, but can the finger be pointed at Judge for his line and wide receivers going down? No. I mean, injuries are a part of the game, and they're they're obviously keeping some things close outside of the Rams game. No, you can't hold the head coach responsible for that, and nor will they. So he's only in his second season, but they're going to have to win some games. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that two and fifteen. Let, and listen, that's a real possibility. You can't hold him responsible for the injuries. No. All right, great meeting you on the sideline during pregame from Jason Casper. Is this the final straw for Gettleman and possibly Judge? I I'll let I'm going to let Paul answer that. He's I, Paul's been around longer than I have with coaches, GMs. This is not the final straw, but I don't think John Mara, after this year, if, if they have a handful of wins, can come out and say, 
We thought about it. We were on the right. The arrow was pointing up. They're big with the arrow pointing up. There will be no arrow pointing up if they win four or five games. That means changes. And, and, you know, we'll go from the top down and then we'll see what happens. But I do think this is a line in the sand season. I really do. Because um, there's, don't forget, there's two owners. There's, there's John Mara and there's Steve Tisch. And Steve Tisch is not, you know, this continuity is only going to go so far with the other co-owner. That I'll, I'll say that. All right, we'll do a few more before we close up shop here for the week. I think the David says I think the Giants fan base is tired of losing from the owner Dimes team. It has been run well for a while. I see fight from our defense, and I know we have a bunch of injuries, but we can't finish this season with another losing record. Diane says Judge sounds like a coach that has expected this to be another developing year, and it's not about wins. What's your thoughts on that? Hmm. I think his program is obviously fundamentals in teaching, but he just right now offensively, they don't have enough – dynamic playmakers to win football games they're 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 good enough to hang in there which is a good sign but i mean like we said we've it's a broken record galladay barkley shepherd tony you go down the list you can't win you cannot win in this league when all your money and big money players are on the sideline it's very interesting because after these games we all see it we all you know i'm there live people tune in and hear joe judge he's very process oriented to the point where it's almost like a stepford coach in some ways where it's he doesn't talk about that game as far as this result and what this result means and and this result was great this result was terrible this result is not acceptable he's you know we will clean it up we'll analyze it and we will move on. And and that you know, remember several weeks ago, what did he say that um, uh, results are the are the the, the worst thing in, in in this business, or it's the most misleading thing. You know, he's had that that quote. Would I'm like, no, results are really all that matters in this business. Process gets you results, but process is not instead of results. You know, the results are the only thing that matters, right, Lawrence? If 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 you guys won a crappy game and against a team that you were supposed to beat, and and you made a bunch of mistakes, and you win the game. The coach doesn't come in and say, well, good guys, we won the game, so the mistakes are fine. You know, it show, just shows we can make these mistakes and still win. He hammers you for the mistakes, but then at the end, what do you do? Lawrence, come up here and break us down. One, two, three giants, and you win. You celebrate a win. That's all that matters. And if you lose and you played really well and didn't make mistakes, at the end of it, he's not going to say, come on, break us down. We No, we lost. We can't do that. You know, losing, yeah. it, that's the only thing that matters. It is. All right, one final question will come from our own Andrew Hartz. He has a question for you, LT, about playing in primetime games. So it just came across that Giants are now 0-9 in their last primetime game. So as a former player, is that just a product of the Giants being a bad team over the past few years? Or is there something about playing in the pressure spotlight? Everyone's watching your game that you think that maybe something's getting in their heads. For some reason, they're just not good. I think I would just look back and what years does that cover? Well, they usually have two years. So so it's they're just not a good. I I think it's from 18. It's from 18. Yeah, they're just not a good football team. But playing in primetime is obviously a step up. You know, everyone's watching. You want to have a good game. Fortunately, you know, a lot of the teams I've played on, we got a lot of games and we always perform well. So they're just not a good football team. They can't win big games. They can't win any games. So putting them in primetime just kind of highlights them a little bit. There you go. The Blue Rush podcast will return Monday after the Raiders game before we enter a much needed bye along with the Giants. And that says cheerio to episode 84, the Joe Genovesius edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown, Sarah McCrory, and Andrew Hartz for producing the show. 
Give Blue Rush a wee five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. For Polly Schwartz, I'm Lawrence Tynes. We return on Monday following the Giants-Raiders game at MetLife Stadium. Enjoy the game and thanks for listening.